0: Hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Do Well podcast. I am excited to have a conversation with another remarkable entrepreneur today. Steffi Black is a coach, Qigong practitioner, and a mindful guide. And today we're going to have a free flow conversation about all things related to energy. I'm excited to chat and learn from you, Steffi. It's really good to see you again.
1: It's good to be here. I love talking about the subjects, whether it's mindfulness or energy or Qigong, they're all uplifting things to talk about. So thank you for having me on a podcast that focuses on things that help us in our life and our work.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And one of the things about the Be Well, Do Well is that we focus on the business side of it, but we also focus on the personal side of it. And one of the things that I am fascinated about, and I spend a lot of time personally, is on daily rituals. So can you talk a little bit about your daily ritual or something that you might tell to your might instruct your clients? in terms of how to how to conduct a daily ritual that's good for their energy.
1: I, I'm giggling a little bit because it's a passion of mine. And we worked together on panels before. Daily rituals are key. They are so key. We are too often in our heads. And the only way to get more into our energetic system, out of our brains and into our hearts, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, is through daily rituals. So my daily ritual is... Getting up in the morning and you know doing a breath, coming down, and sometimes I wipe side to side just to energetically just wipe away my sleep. And I'll even do like a little infinity symbol, an energy intuitive taught me just to connect to the energy of the day, not my thinking mind. And then I go on and get the kids ready for school. I put on Marie Manichurri or Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. or somebody uplifting like the founder of Spring Forest, Qigong, Master Lin. I want that in my listening. I want to listen to uplifting of things. And I have a cousin who is a medium and a really uplifting, energetic person. And she'll often send a text, what's marvelous in your day? Is your coffee tasting amazing? Nice. And so that's part of my greeting. And then we get the kids off to school. I'll tell them to you know, send out good energy in their day, and then I will go into my kong practice. And if I have time in the morning, I try to do a little bit of a silent meditation, a few minutes of just quiet, and I come down and look out the window. It all changes when the day, depending on the day and what's going on, but I try to take quiet time connecting to nature and looking out my window because it has been proven as I look out my window right now, that when we look at nature and connect to it, it does raise our vibration and does make us feel connected to universal energy. It's that moment of stillness and contemplation. And then somewhere in there, I do my Kong practice. And that's, do you want me to share the rest of the day or just that beginning part? I don't want to take up too much time on my rituals.
0: No, that's interesting. So, so you described your morning routine, your morning mm. rituals. What you do when you start your day? Can you can you tell us a little bit about what happens when you get really busy? If you've got just a very busy day, I remember hearing a quote once about the the Dalai Lama and his um, his right hand person, his his second in command, came to him and said, "You've got a a very busy day, Your Holiness." And usually, he does four hours of meditation. So he says to him, "You've got a very busy day ahead of you." And he says, ah, yes, yes, you're right. Well, schedule six hours for my meditation then today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's a smart man. He's a yeah. smart man. That's a great question because often in busyness, we lose ourselves in the stress of reaction instead of responding to our day. So if it's really busy, I still can take up to a minute of a, an intention and an elevated emotion. So, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot. And I can still breathe, right? I can still connect to my breath and breathe in and breathe out any tension and stress. In Spring Forest Kong, we learn breathe in contentment, the emotion of fall. For example, breathe out any stress, illness, or tension. Was that about 20 seconds? So if I can connect even to that in my day and reset or a heart math coherence tip, technique i can still try to respond i'll still go back into you know the thinking mind when it's really busy and trying to catch up but i'm practicing more and more with the commitment to the daily rituals of okay how can i respond here instead of going into the overwhelm and it takes practice i don't think this comes naturally to most human right. beings i think we are so used to the reptile brain and the reactivity that we responding is really hard. That's why the Dalai Lama can do it so well because he uses one of the most ancient practices in the world, that of meditation. And I think in order to respond more, we need to deepen that practice. So I, I, I'm playing more with silent meditation, not just a guided one. Does that make sense? So I can just go to my breath and be less in the head. And I need a lot of practice because as a former workaholic, Gemini, if anyone follows astrology, we tend to multitask too too much is I really try to take deeper breaths. And if I deepen my meditation practice even more, I think that busyness will make my adrenaline glands become less stressed by it if that makes sense. It's a constant dance.
0: Yes. And does that workaholic or workaholism ever leave you entirely? I'm sure there's some tendency still to want to work really intensely and over excessively maybe.
1: Well, two teens, a dog and a cat and running a household. <laughs> I mean, cooking meals for 17 years might cure you Of workaholism, (laughs) right? So I think I'm 56 now. I mean, that's still young, right? And in this age. Absolutely. But I notice I can't multitask Mm. like I used to. It doesn't work for me. And I don't feel good when I do it. And so, to your question, no, not as much. I'm not a workaholic anymore because I realized it took away from my connection with my children. Sorry, I can't go on the bike ride. I've got to finish mm-hmm. this. Yesterday, my daughter asked me to go for lunch. My normal tendency would have been, I'm so sorry. We've been away. I have to get this work done. And I went, Okay. I went into my heart. I, st- I stayed out of my head. My thinking brain would have said, You can't do this. You don't have time. My heart went, You can't not do this. Go take lunch.
0: I love that. We have our kids are younger, but same thing, right? They, see me working and I wake up fairly early in the morning and then sometimes very seldom I'll work late into the day, but I still hear them say, oh, you you work all the time. And that's because they see me when they're around, they see me working, especially if they have a day off from school, but we don't have a day off at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned something about, you know, you, you, in your heart, that was the right thing you felt to do. That's really hard for entrepreneurs to understand especially the ones that are either workaholics or really driven. I've had many conversations about the hustle and grind culture. I, I wish there was a way. I have tried to change the word hustle and grind to something like muscle and mind or like you know, <laughs> more like body and spirit. It just doesn't have yes. the same ring to it. Yes. But do you have any advice for entrepreneurs to be more in touch with their hearts?
1: Wow. That, that's a, another great question. You're a very good interviewer. First of all, my friend Liz Elting, who's a, a very successful entrepreneur in New York, she's writing a book on how you can't find perfect balance, that she doesn't believe in that, awesome. that she had to work and grind. What did you call it? What was the word you said? The hustle, hustle and muscle. grind
0: to muscle and mind.
1: Yeah. She did the hustle and grind for yeah. you know, 10 to 20 years to build up an incredible, successfully successful international firm. So she, to her, that was her happy point. She knew she had to sacrifice some things, right. but she was okay about it. So I think it's going to your heart as long as you are clear that you like the grind. Mm-hmm. But yet when you're not in it, you're carving out time with family and or friends with the heart. So even if it's a short time, you're heartful in your work. And then they say, I want to spend time with you. You say, absolutely but here's the time I'm going to give, and then I'll be fully for you. So practicing the heart means, here's a simple heart math coherence techniques, and you can try it with me right now. Put your hands on your heart. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Through your heart. A deep breath out. And imagine what makes you feel really good. Just imagine something that makes you feel content while you breathe in through the heart and out through the heart. And then make your decision. Ask yourself a question. Should I do this client request or should I go for a walk? And then be guided by your heartfelt intuition. Just a practice exercise, there's something called human design. So I believe self-knowledge is key. Some people are workaholics, that makes them happy. They shouldn't feel guilty as long as they let people they love and know, know the reasons for it and give their time when they can. There's something called human design. Like astrology, it's a form of self-knowledge. And one of the things they say, 80% of the population are generators. Generators respond sometimes by the sacral or the emotional. So I'll give you an example of this. Mm-hmm. I'm a human design generator and I respond sacredly. If I'm listening to myself, it's sacral response. So if someone says, Stephanie, do you want to speak at this event? And my gut goes, mm-mm, mm-mm. and if I would listen to my head, I might go, oh, I should speak at this event. It gets my profile out there. People will come to learn from me and coaching or kong, the thinking brain feels I should be out there. If I go to my sacral, my sacral's going, Mm-mm. it's not the right time. Don't say yes to this. It's not where you're meant to go. And then we're listening to our energetic system. That's just an example, right? I gave you a heart math technique. That's one. Knowing your human design, which is a combination of I Ching, Kabbalah, and astrology is also another way to listen to answers from people. If that's only for my type, right? Someone else's type might be out loud a yes, or if I'm listening to my guttural reaction, my sacral being, which is right there in your lower dantian, your navel, I get the best answer for me. So I think the self-knowledge is key, even for workaholics, to r- figure out what they need to invest their time in instead of splintering their energy mm-hmm. and multitasking in too many places.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm a strong believer that multitasking doesn't work. In fact, it's it's not ever multitasking. You're really just jumping between task to task you so your context switching really quickly. This brought up a few things actually to mind is that we have devices all around us. We have computers cool. and you and I are talking over Zoom, right? right? And we've got our phones and they like you said, splinter our attention between this and that. Meditation for me has been really interesting because it's helped me notice when I get distracted. And Mm -hmm. there's millions of distractions around us and I start to notice it. In fact, for a while back, many years ago, I was going to a meditation class, if you want to call it. That was a mindful meditation session and you sit there for an hour in silence. You don't have to say anything when you arrive and you don't have to say anything when you leave. You just sit for an hour. And that was on Wednesday nights. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I felt amazing. And by Sunday, I started to notice again that I was starting to get off of balance again. And that was interesting because, like you said, right, we need to listen to our bodies, listen to our heart when it comes to that. Sometimes I find that people go the opposite direction. They become almost too heart centered and then they start to forget the real world around them. So for you, do you yes. find that there's something either external or internal that really motivates you and really drives you forward?
1: Wow. Well, another another good one. So I'm, I'm motivated by being dreamy, by being airy. Like, okay. you know, you talk about that some people are too much up there and some people are too grounded and practical and not enough up there. Mm-hmm. I think you have to follow your unique blueprint. So someone like me, uh, Gemini, Aquarius, Aquarius, Sun, Moon and Rising, that's all air all air so that could be i should ground myself more but yet i want to work with my natural rhythm so i work well in flow and sometimes i have to respond to what i feel at the time you still have to get things done but i think you can be up there and yet at times ground yourself when you need to not feeling badly for who you are so because i am a more airy person I'm going to leave my bag behind at an event, not my purse. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose a glove when I go out to an event, but I'm going to come up with a great creative idea Well, I may lose that item. Does that make sense? So I think what I'm saying is follow the compass that makes you feel happy. So if you feel happy being dreamier, as long as you get, you pay the bills, you get done what you need to get done, then follow that thread. It's different for everyone. And if you feel good being practical and grounded and really detailed and and nitty gritty, then follow that thread. What brings you joy? We don't often ask ourselves, especially as entrepreneurs, because we have to get the job done. Mm -hmm. But ask yourself, what brings you joy? You said daily rituals make you happy. That meditation class made you happy. It stayed with you for a couple of days, then left you. To me, daily rituals help us cement what makes us happy.
0: Yes, I like that. Imposter syndrome is something that entrepreneurs also face a lot. And when you say, if you're airy, feel yes. it, live it, and also do what you need to do to pay the bills, like you said. Right. Um, right. When it comes to imposter syndrome, I think that's very similar too, because you are trying to live somebody else's life rather than yours. So really, you are being an imposter. It's not who you are.
1: Imposter syndrome happens in our communities, in our homes, in our work. We think, so for instance, I'm not a conventional person. And I did the corporate route for a long time, vice president of marketing and a healthcare system, wonderful mentor who saw my ideas and concepts were good, but made sure I had an assistant to get the nitty gritty done. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was great, but I wasn't good at the detailed work as much. And so I fought that I thought, well, I have to do the corporate mode. Even when I did my own business, I'm going to help people with leadership work there. It didn't feel good to me. It wasn't who I was. There's wonderful leadership coaches that, that are just amazing. I like helping people find who they are, their own story, so even in my own neighborhood, I'm in a conservative middle-class neighborhood, lovely neighborhood, but I'm not really a conservative middle-class girl. Sure. I'm more a dreamy, work with intuitives, cousins and medium, good friends are mediums. I believe in Reiki and energy. So until I really embrace that, even though it would get eye rolling and oh my, what are you talking about? Like what? I was not living my authentic life. And I often felt that until I, I was really clear that I like astrology. I believe in it. I believe in energy. I love Qi Kong, a 7,000 year old practice. That, and I believe in daily rituals that I could work with people and help them tell their own stories, whether an introvert or a highly sensitive person in a loud, noisy world. When we can connect to our own inner, intuitive voice. We are so much more happy and we stop worrying about fitting in to what other people think we should do.
0: Yeah, I love that. There's a lot of people that are like you and I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to this episode that resonate with what you're saying in terms of the nitty gritty details, right? That's not their zone of genius. They like Mm. to think up ideas, come up with ideas and then pass it on. So do you have any, I don't like the word hacks, but do you have any productivity tips That you use, knowing your style of learning and doing and working, that helps you get things done more efficiently rather than feeling like you said, you forgot the glove, you forgot the bag, like that'll happen. But what do you do to get past that so that you can be ultra productive during your day?
1: Well, sometimes I miss on that one because I still want to follow the thread of being creative. So there's creative chaos right now on my desk beside the mic is the phone, is some paper is a book is it so I could be better with productivity to be perfectly honest with you but my creative output and flow is good because I try to follow that joy so before we spoke I was excited about writing the next Kong class I did my Kong and then I wrote the class so later I try to carve out things I don't like to do as much in the morning so to your question doing the insurance forms paying some of the bills I will try to do it either in the morning when I have high energy or I'll respond to it in the moment. So I get a bill. I try to pay it right away. So I'm not yes. the guru of productivity, but I try to respond to things pretty quickly. And then I always have a book because I prefer to write than use the computer, right? Mm-hmm. So I always have a book of follow up with this person, add this person to the Tuesday class. Too. And then I use the notes a lot in Mac, you know, those notes mm-hmm. section. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of that for creativity. So something comes across my mind in a meditation. I'll write down follow-up with this. I do think CRMs are good. So I stopped a while ago doing a CRM and now I'm going to go back to it because I just needed to revamp my business and didn't want to have too many tentacles coming out of me. Mm-hmm. You no, know, no. I'm going to go back through Wix, which I have my website on, which my payment system, and I'm going to look at a CRM system through Wix. So I I, I answered your question in a way, is either morning when I have the most energy or responding right away. I get a bill, do it then. Whatever. I remember David Allen, a great productivity expert, Mm -hmm. always said, do what you can that you don't like to do if it takes less than five to 10 minutes just get it
0: done. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great book. Get it, getting things done. GT. Yes. Uh, and just backing up a second here, CRM, just for anybody that doesn't know is customer relationship management. So that's okay. your customer database you can take. notes. You know, it's amazing to hear that you're looking to using that because that's, I would say that's advanced, right? When you get into that, then you're really being ultra organized with
1: that. Right, right, and because I want to respond to people but not forget about. So, if someone's interested in Qi Kong class, but they may need a follow up, right? They sort of want to go, but they're a little shy about it. It's up to me to follow up and say, "Let's have a ten minute video call and let's let me show you what it's about." So, I won't remember that. I need to put that in to get it possibly a reminder. So that's why I think a CRM for small business, especially for business development, Mm -hmm. because I could teach my two classes each week and do my coaching and also work part-time for a corporation and, and be content in that. Mm-hmm. But I believe so strongly in Qigong and the healing in the mind, body, and spirit. I need to get it out there. So I need to put in, make some business co- connections and respond to a need for more healing in the body and mind. And even last week, I sent out an email to a senior's organization reaching out about Qigong and they were interested. Whereas if I hadn't written them, you know, what are you doing for your fall winter programming or would have known about Kong on online class?
0: I would ask our guests, what's something that's got you fired up right now? But I think I know the answer to the
1: <laughs> right, right, right. And for entrepreneurs, follow the joy. And if you yeah. are a workaholic, right, that's, mm-hmm. but don't make that a bad thing, right? Yeah. If you're not totally balanced in your life, but yet you find such joy in it. Right. Follow that thread. If you are more dreamy and more introverted and need much more quiet time, honor that too. And let people know who you are and, and then they don't resent it, feel difficult. Oh, that's my mom. She needs more quiet time mm-hmm. than other people. That's, that's, I, I get fired up out of following what is our own inner compass and helping people find that. And then they live much more in alignment with who they are, and they can be well and do well, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. To
1: to your podcast.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how Qigong fits into the scheme of things here. How does it fit into your life and how you can help other people?
1: Well, I followed my joy. During during COVID, I found a 100-day service space, a wonderful organization, volunteers, all driven by volunteers, offering a free 100-day Qigong. And it just sort of lit me up. And I love martial arts and I love ancient practices. And I thought, wow, I can do this in my own home. Hmm. Benefit by Master Ming Tong Gu. And I did a hundred days. I got up at 536 and then we'd share each day in a, in a forum how it made us feel. And it felt ma- magical. And it was tough at first to commit to an hour practice. And I just, I felt magical. And I felt like I was connecting to the energy of the universe. So I followed that thread found Spring Forest Kong and trained to become a teacher and do qi healings. I still have a lot of learning to do, but I responded to a need. Someone heard me. I did volunteer meditation during COVID for a Latin American community church. And one of the women heard me say something about qi Kong and energy. And she said, can you share that with me? And so I did an online segment with her, and that's how the qi Kong class grew. And as a human generator, I responded to a need. I didn't push myself out there. There's another example of knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. I responded to someone's question. And that's where Kong grew. And now I teach two classes a week. Qi is energy. Gong means to cultivate and bringing energy together. We are energetic beings more than we are physical. So anytime we can connect to that more than the thinking brain, which is fine for planning your day, Fine for paying the bills. It's not great for making you feel happy or peaceful. So to me, the more I can connect to the energy medicine and the Qi Kong, the more I heal in body, mind, and spirit and feel happier.
0: That's amazing. In in the West, we don't, this is not normal. It's seen as woo-woo and it feels like it's not even real, but if you go anywhere in the East and I've traveled through Malaysia and Singapore in the morning, you get up and you'll see people on the streets doing Qigong or Tai Chi or other practices. So it's, I love that you're bringing this here into the West. You're based in Ontario. We're out West in Alberta. And uh, I think more people definitely need to know about this.
1: Absolutely. And and it works with Chinese medicine, right? Master Lin, who founded the school, you know, has suffered from chronic back pain, knee issues, suicidal depression. He went through the Mm. Chinese communist revolution and had a horrible time. And it was not until he found Qigong, he learned to forgive and bring in more love into your heart. And it sounds so 60s, right? Like, oh, love in my heart? Absolutely. Bring more love, unconditional love in your heart and watch how your vibration can change a room. Watch how your heart with another human being and we, we need to stop connecting on this thinking level. We need to start connecting with our hearts. And there's a big difference in how you feel in your day.
0: Yeah. There's so many times I've been to a party or, or met with friends and you definitely feel that energy, right? It's, it's undeniable. There are some people that you are repelled from and some people that you're attracted to. And yes. I mean, I have no doubt that uh, what you're saying has a big part of that is that that energy that they feel inside, right?
1: Is, that's, a, right. That's, that's right. That's right. And also when we feel drained. So what are you doing? I don't know what okay. you do in your day for your daily ritual. Let's say you feel drained by somebody. You have a difficult client, mm-hmm. difficult situation. When you have a small ritual that wipes away stress. So for instance, in Qigong, one thing you can do, I mean, you can share with the viewers and listeners, rub your hands together. -hmm. Put your middle and index finger on the bottom of your nose, come up to the top of your forehead, wipe away, and go to your chin. And do that up to nine times and wipe away any stress, any tension. You're wiping away the energy of that. So that's working physically and energetically. Or you step away from your office, you take a deep breath and you bring in the emotion of fall, which is contentment, and you breathe out any stress, any tension. Just even doing that. Mm Or 30 seconds, resets you. And it's practice. It's practice. I I practice daily, Mm. daily to grow my energy, to grow my chi field, to be more loving, to be more forgiving. It is a practice that I do daily and I need to deepen it even more.
0: If somebody wanted to get a sample of what that's like, I know you said you have a couple of classes that you run every week. How can they participate in that and and see if it's a good fit for them?
1: Absolutely. They can, first of all, reach out to my website, steffiblackcoaching.com, sign up for a complimentary class I'm offering right now in October for fall, which is a time of harvesting and letting go. And they can reach out to me by email. And I always like to meet with someone individually first to share a sample. And if they want to go right into a class, they can keep their camera off and just watch and observe. But I love to meet with people individually first, and they try a complimentary session during fall, and then they feel comfortable with how Qigong works. And you really don't have to know anything. No experience is required. You just come with an open heart and trust, relax, and let go.
0: I've learned a lot today, and I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed. I, sometimes when we do podcast conversations, slash, you know, we don't like to call them interviews. No. The, the guests, the hosts, sometimes they feel a little bit tense, but I feel really good about this. There's yeah. there's a lot that I learned about you, but is there any one thing that people would be genuinely surprised to learn about you?
1: That I'm an introvert. <laughs> that I'm a highly sensitive person. Okay. So, so I share a message with passion, but I'm a I'm a, I'm an introvert, and and understand the need for quiet and Mm. gentleness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. This has been really fun, Steffi. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your knowledge and insight that you brought into this. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap up today?
1: Mm, Just that the more we spread love and the more we spread, spread open hearts and practice living a heartful life, the more better off we are and energetically, the better off people are around us. So thank you for doing what you do and sharing the messages like this on be well and do well because it makes a difference.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Sophia. I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you.